Welcome to the Modern Mobility Podcast, brought to you by Modern Mobility Partners. This podcast is for transportation planners and enthusiasts who want to learn practical solutions to modern day transportation challenges. And now, here are your co-hosts, certified transportation planners, national experts, and thought leaders, Kelly Kemp and Kirsten Mote. Well, welcome. I am Kelly Kemp. And I'm Kirsten Mote. And we are your fabulous co-host as always. In today's episode, we're going to go through seven inputs to greenhouse gas emission reduction analysis. And by analysis, we are really referring to setting your GHG or greenhouse gas reduction targets and inputs needed for ongoing performance monitoring. And I know that was a mouthful. Um, Today, we are joined by Cy Gazula. Cy was actually Modern Mobility Partners' very first employee. So we always have a special place in our heart for Cy. (laughs) He is a senior travel demand modeler and skilled data expert and is leading our greenhouse gas um, target setting and performance monitoring for clients. So welcome, Cy. Thanks for having me. And uh, if if I could just tell a little funny story, I'm already getting off script. I have to tell a funny story for our listeners out there when we first hired Cy. Two funny stories. I always tell everybody. (laughs) One is he was surprised when we asked him about working for us because he thought that since we were female owned, we were only allowed to hire females. (laughs) No, it's not female. It's woman based enterprise. So I was like, maybe it's only for women. So he didn't know that men were allowed to work at our company. So we thought that was cute. And then the other thing was, is his mom wanted to make sure we were had business cards. Like, was he going to get business cards? Were we legit? Right? <laughs> so we told him, we assure you, you will get a business card. <laughs> and we made sure you had them when you started so you could send some back to your mom. So hi, mom. <laughs> that's great we love that we love that love it okay all right all right (laughs) we'll get back on script um, yeah uh well so before we jump into the details i just want to mention that this topic is really at the forefront of a lot of states and regions this is potentially and probably a new requirement uh coming down from usdot and there's a lot of discussion about how to do this Um, So I'll also mention that this is directly related to planning emphasis area number one from episode 16, which is tackling climate change. Uh, You can tackle climate change all you want, but you need to know your performance and monitor how you're doing so you can adjust your quote unquote tackle. (laughs) So before we get into the nitty gritty on all the inputs, let let us provide a little bit of background and context. Um, So first, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. This is a complicated topic. Um, If you're a data nerd like us, you're in the right place. Uh, But it's all very (laughs) necessary. Um, So let's do a little history lesson. First, in 2017, the Federal Highway Administration, or FHWA, They finalized and published a rule requiring national performance management measures. 
So this program requires state DOTs and metropolitan planning organizations or MPOs to assess the performance on interstate and non-interstate national highway system, NHS, freight movement on the interstate system, and congestion mitigation and air quality or CMAC improvement program. <sighs> okay, so that was a lot to say. Um, DOTs and MPOs are required to set performance targets and measure performance for transportation performance measures. So there are several categories under this rule, which includes safety, infrastructure condition, reliability, which is travel time and freight, and CMAC, that congestion mitigation and air quality. So there are several specific measures under each one of those, which we will include in the show notes. But an overview of the TPMs, the transportation performance measures, could be like an episode in and of itself. And there are also, uh, there is a guide that is published to set the targets for these measures by National Cooperative Highway Research Program, NCHRP, Transportation Research Board, and the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. That guide is called Guide to Effective Methods for Setting Transportation Performance pa Targets, and that will be provided in our show notes. Okay, so where does the greenhouse gas piece come into all of this? Yes, yeah, so let's start with the fact that so far there have been two performance periods which span four years. The first performance period was January of 2018 through December of 2021. The second performance period for TPMs began January of 2022, and it will conclude December of 2025. So in July 2022, the U.S. Department of Transportation, USDOT, announced the proposed transportation greenhouse gas emissions, again, that's GHG, reduction framework and notice of proposed rulemaking. The rulemaking link will be provided in the show notes. Excellent. So if this is finalized, it will require DOTs and MPOs, in addition to their current target setting and performance monitoring, to also set targets for tailpipe CO2 emissions, and this is the exhaust from vehicles. And that will require a two-year and four-year target for reductions as well. So what's the driving force behind all this? You know, sustainability and resilience are major buzzwords in the transportation industry, especially right now. USDOT and the Biden administration have made it abundantly clear, as we discussed in the planning and emphasis areas, that tackling climate change is a top priority for the U.S. Totally makes sense, right? So this is their approach to ensuring states and MPOs are setting targets for reducing GHGs which is linked to climate change, and then implementing policies or incentives to meet those targets. One approach we talked about in episode 19 was electric vehicles and their contribution to greenhouse gas reduction. Yeah. So what does this mean for the general public? Because um, I can tell you that, you know, even being in the transportation industry, we think about transportation planning as the planning process and identifying projects, but there is all this background requirements that states, MPOs are required to do, this being one of them that are just not at the forefront of everybody's mind. So what does this mean for everyone? Well, essentially it means there's potentially a path forward for less pollution from vehicles. 
Um, this is especially true for underserved communities that see higher environmental impacts due to those CO2 emissions. Essentially, this comes when people are sitting in traffic and their cars are idling. Um, and the Environmental mm -hmm. Protection Agency, or EPA, released an analysis in 2021 that showed that most severe harms from climate change fall disproportionately upon underserved communities who are least able to provide to prepare for and recover from heat waves, poor air quality, flooding, and other impacts. Years of these impacts on communities result in health issues. Let me quote a couple astonishing and quite tragic statistics. So black and African-American individuals are 34% more likely to live in an area with the highest projected increases in childhood asthma diagnoses. Also, yeah. black and African-Americans are 40% more likely to currently live in an area with the highest projected increase in extreme temperature-related deaths. Wow. So it is quite clear that environmental impacts disproportionately impact underserved, underrepresented mm -hmm. communities. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that people just go about their lives. They're probably not thinking about these issues. Or you see like Greta Thunberg, right? A child when she first mm -hmm. started and became a well-known activist talking about climate change. And, you know, I think a lot of people kind of dismissed this whole thing. Um, but the reality is greenhouse gases, GHG emissions, and all of that impact everyone every day. And those social vulnerable people who are least able to prepare for and recover from these issues. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a serious issue. And I'm not trying to, yeah. like... You know, be the Debbie Downer on the podcast, but this is this is really critical, <laughs> and that's why this this episode yeah. is really important um, in trying to you know measure the performance and and hit these targets. Yeah. Okay. Well said. So, uh, let's get off the climate change soapbox and back to what we can do as planners about this. So we're going to talk about the seven inputs today to. Uh, target setting and performance monitoring, but we can also proactively start setting these targets and setting up programs to monitor um, GHG reduction performance, even even though the proposed rulemaking is still proposed, right? So it's still mm -hmm. a good practice. Yep. Everybody should be thinking about this. Um, we should go ahead and start including this in our in our planning practices. Uh, the American Association of State Highway Transportation Officials, or AASHTO, developed a spreadsheet tool designed to help DOTs and MPOs project their GHG emissions. So this tool essentially projects the emissions based on fuel consumption, um, your current GHG emissions, and then results in the current tailpipe CO2 emissions on the national highway system. And this is the metric for greenhouse gases. So we're going to focus on the inputs to this tool and a link to more information about that tool will be in the show notes. Um, and we're going to also focus on the data you need to run the tool and set your greenhouse gas targets. So without further ado, Sai, let's start talking about how to do this target setting and performance monitoring. 
so we are going to look at the seven inputs that we need to get started for the ghg reduction analysis on the first and the forefront we have to understand what are the regions or the states vehicle miles traveled on the nhs and in of for the region itself first uh, uh, what is the vehicle miles traveled or what we commonly refer to as vmt in the planning jargon this is the total number of miles every vehicle has traveled within the region or the state and we need to understand for the entire region but we also need to understand how much of it is being traveled on the national highway system within the region slash state the vmts do not account for number of people in the vehicles just the vehicles themselves this is to indicate the emissions are vehicle related outputs it's not necessarily dependent on number of people traveling in the car gotcha so do you typically present vmts on a daily basis or an annual basis for greenhouse gas target setting for this particular setting uh, target setting for G- greenhouse gas uh, emissions this is an annual goal we want to look at the tailpipe co2 emissions on the nhs for the entire year so we will want to understand the total year or the annual vmt uh, for the region slash state for that you will need to collect the vmt for your most recent year of the available data we call this as the baseline analysis but there is a reference year usage in the national nprm as well so we a good source to collect this data for the vmt is the highway performance monitoring system this is a national level highway information system that includes the data on the extent condition performance use and operating characteristics of the nation's highway this source will have the most current year vmts for download so like what Sai, what format does that data come in that you can download anyway? Uh, this uh, this data can be downloaded in an Excel spreadsheet and it, it can give by functional classification uh, of the VMTs uh, around the area. Okay. So understanding the baseline is one part, but you also have to understand how to estimate for future year. You will do this by reviewing the observed growth rate for the region uh, by looking at the VMT across the years from the same hpms and can get a growth rate you can input this growth rate into the model of the tool by astro okay so you can look at the observed growth rate like your historical growth rate but i suppose you could also predict that the area is going to grow faster or even slower than what has been observed in the past so i would think it's probably best to coordinate with the mpo or the state and its leadership to kind of agree upon the growth rate input. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for for sure, because that can have a significant impact, I would think, on the results that how much of an annual growth rate you have. And then one question to build on top of that side that I have is, which you may or may not know the answer to, is um, does it have to be based off of adopted by the MPO, um, you know, socioeconomic data, or because it's an interim year and it's not going all the way out to, say, 2050? So, Or is it? No, it's not going all the way to 2050 because yeah, we are looking yeah. at every four-year piece, but 
Yeah, it's just for four years. Uh, uh, the thing is, we need to understand the local expertise to understand whether it is growing at a faster or low, uh, slower. Oh, sure. Yeah. But also, SC can show if it is projected to increase more than what has been uh, experienced in the last four years. That can be a good right uh, indicator of how we can project for the future four years using the right, bigger right. picture of the next twenty years because of the adopted SC data and other such stuff. Okay. Okay. So understanding the VMT on the roadway uh, uh, is one part of it, whether it is on the NHS or uh, other areas. But on the second part of the VMT, we need to understand how it is distributed across vehicle type. In addition to the total VMTs, you will need a ve- uh, breakdown of VMT by vehicle type. So what do we mean by vehicle type? In this tool, you need automobiles, single unit trucks, and combo unit trucks and motorcycles. These are the four vehicle categories that this tool distributes its VMT and other such inputs across. And so, just to be clear to our listeners, we're now talking about input two, which is the distribution of VMT by vehicle type. And Sai, can you give us a quick definition of each of those types? Uh, sure. Uh, Automobiles—they are typical automobile and can be can include even big big trucks big pickup trucks these are like just cars and those uh, those you were uh, gm uh, like a big old f150 truck yes we got f150 yeah. trucks that you can see <laughs> on a local roads and those kind of things mm-hmm. and the single unit trucks you can think of your ups and fedex delivery trucks that come and deliver to you those kind of single unit trucks which are not having multiple trails trailers or those kind of things it's any those are like your box trucks box right? trucks even when like you box yeah trucks. the yeah. ones which you do for your u-haul moving from one location to other location yeah these mm. are the trucks which are, which have any uh any truck which have two or more axles that come as single unit it's not multiple units that are there one after other compared to a combo unit truck which you can think of a tractor trailer where you have a big rig uh at the cab back of the truck and the container is detached and being pulled by this mm-hmm. big uh, front of the vehicle and then the motorcycles should be very straightforward those two wheels and motorized uh, vehicles are the ones which are like the motorcycles so we will need to break down the vmt for each vehicle uh, uh, type for your baseline again the most recent year and uh, that will be serving as the purpose. Uh, similar split will be expected to continue into the future as well. Okay. Once you understand the VMT for the roadways and by vehicle type, the third input you need to understand would be fuel use for the region by fuel type. There are two primary fuel types for which you need to collect the fuel use or the fuel consumption data, gasoline and diesel. Most most people would be probably familiar with these, but just in case, most of our personal uh, cars and vehicles use gasoline, whereas large trucks generally use diesel. So it is important you collect the use by both types and you will need to use uh, do this for your baseline condition. The best source for this information is Federal Highway Administration's policy information, motor fuel reports. This is commonly ref- uh, referred to as fuel slash fast data. Each state is required to report the F- report to FHWA the amount of gallons of fuel taxed and provides the number of gallons consumed by the state. 
So if it's reported at the state level, how do you calculate the use at a regional level? You, uh, I don't know whether we can do the regional level of uh, amount of gallons fuel taxed or not, but what uh, we can do would be we can use the ratio of regions VMT traveled compared to that of statewide VMT traveled and we can use that ratio to estimate the fuels for the region. Gotcha. Makes sense. So, uh, after uh, the input three, the next input would be breaking breakdown of the work trips. The American Community Survey is a good source for commute trips or trips to and from work and how many of those trips are people driving along versus how many are made by carpools. Uh, carpools by which we are referring to two or more people are traveling to traveling in that car you will need these in percentages so just to confirm there's really only two types of commute trips those that are driving alone and those that are carpooling so essentially your percentages should add up to 100 no there are additional uh, uh, additional modes that they have within the community survey such as driving uh, not driving uh, Driving alone, driving as carpool, and walking and biking. Those are the other two which add up to the total mm. commuting as 100%. But as you said, the majority of would be driving alone like 70% and 20%, 27% might be driving together as a carpool. The 3% will be those people who are driving and biking. Within our own office, we can see people driving to uh, biking to work. So that is another commute yeah. trips. Yes. Okay. Thank, thank you for the clarification, because uh, I completely forgot that people may walk or bike to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this particular uh, information is used to understand how many uh, the commute trips and carpools are necessarily reducing the emissions if they are using the other modes like driving alone, that kind of emission reduction can be predicted if the carpools are uh, supposed to increase in the region those kind of things uh, will be how this particular measure would be used after this uh, understanding this input we need to understand what is the composition of fleet especially what are the percentages of ev vehicles by vehicle type uh, i would start this input uh, description uh, before i start this input description i would like to say that this is probably most complicated of the seven inputs and it is really difficult to predict but essentially you need the percentages of vehicles that are electric and are broken out by vehicle type remember the auto single unit truck uh, combo units and other things that we were discussing earlier in other inputs so we need the breakdown for those uh, that are ev by these vehicle type to predict the percentages of electric vehicles by vehicle type, you need to create a fleet model, observing the trends of EV growth and correct EV penetration in the market. It gets complex in how to do this and maybe we do another episode to understand the details and finer de uh, understand the finer details of the fleet modeling. I would suggest reaching out to experienced modelers for assistance with this. 
Well, of course, you can always contact us at Modern Mobility Partners to help you with this process for your entire greenhouse gas emission reduction target and performance monitoring because y'all know I had to say it so I opened it up for a quick marketing plug and you know I had to come in and take advantage of it every time <laughs> yes that uh, yes we can assist and once you have your baseline percentages of EVs you will need to forecast the percentage for future year one note I would say from our scenario testing and understanding the tool for several different scenarios uh, we kind of played with that astro tool is uh, if you are keeping the ev percentage constant across the years like the baseline and future you are kind of thinking it might not change much the percentage of fleet you would see a very negligible ghg emissions even though you have uh, you may have more vehicles and more vehicles traveled if your ev percentage is same you are not going to see any reductions in your ghg emissions if you think you will have the same composition, then your GHG emissions will be what GHG emissions reductions, that small minuscule that you change will be a result of, result of fuel efficiency of all vehicles than your composition of electric vehicles. If you think you will have the same composition, then your GHG emissions will be a result of fuel efficiency of all vehicles than your composition of electric vehicles. This will rightly plug into our sixth input, which is to understand the fuel efficiency by the vehicle type and the fuel type. This is applying fuel efficiency, also referred to as miles per gallon for each of our four vehicle types that we have mentioned in the earlier inputs. Your best source for this information is the Environmental Protection Agency's Motor Vehicle Emissions Simulator or most commonly referred as MOS. This is an emission modeling system that estimates emissions from mobile sources at the national, county and project level for criteria air pollutant, air pollutants, greenhouse gases and air toxic. Uh, uh, you can use the default database for your region and or state within the model to understand the fuel efficiency. Uh, as uh, this moves tool can be used for uh, used to model future scenarios till 2060. So that would provide us fuel efficiency over the years that you can use for baseline and the future years that we are setting the targets for. And so just just to confirm that that moves database has default values for all regions from now through 2060 so you just you just pull the information from your region and that's your input into the spreadsheet tool yes uh again okay. i would like to say uh, uh the moves is uh requires some modeling capabilities and it requires license for uh moves uh, tool and epa also offers training and certificates uh, for attending the moves training it, okay. one point of clarification on the moves tool are the defaults national defaults that you can apply at the regional level or are they actually custom for each region? Because I know with other pollutants, they're national defaults that you can choose to use for your region unless you have local data. I think uh, for this one, there is a Georgia State database, but I the okay. region level is something I'm not sure of, which we can clarify later in the show notes. So again, you know, if you need assistance with moves or other modeling efforts, we here at Modern Mobility Partners, we're here to help you. 
Of course, yes. And the last piece of information that we need to understand would be what is the split of non-EV vehicles using gasoline? Similar to the step of splitting VMTs by vehicle type, remember the same auto, single unit trucks, combo units and motorcycles, you need to do a similar split of all the vehicles that use gasoline. You need to get this by each vehicle type. So do you have to split this out for diesel fuel as well? Okay, so the split is only needed for non-EV vehicles, the ones which are not EV in the fleet. The total adds to 100% for gasoline and diesel together. The ASTO tool that we have uh, that we are discussing about has only cells to update percentage of non-EV vehicles using gasoline. The tool then calculates the percentages of non-EV vehicles using diesel as the remaining of the percentages that are using the diesel vehicle uh, are the ones which would use diesel. That's how the tool okay. uses it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, so then what size? So you have all these inputs. Is it as simple as putting it into Ashto's spreadsheet tool and then it, it calculates what your estimated greenhouse gas gases will be in the future? Yes, Astro tool has several locations where we can override with the regional observed data and also provide several places where we can get these several different seven inputs that we have discussed. Once you input them into the relevant cells, it will give us the emission reductions for the future years, the way we want to change the tool accordingly. Okay, so, so once you have that information, um, it's my understanding that then, you know, that state or that MPO would look at the data and essentially then be able to set their target hmm. and then try to implement, you know, policies and programs and projects to meet that target. And you said the performance period is two years and four years. So after you set your target, you want to monitor your performance ongoing to see if you are getting close to meeting those targets or if you need to adjust those targets. Am I understanding that correctly? That is true for the overall transportation performance monitoring, but for the greenhouse gas emissions, even though, let's say you set the target as uh, it will reduce by 2%. And then if you did, uh, if you reduce by 3%, you are well and good. But even if you reduce by 1%, that is still okay it's not going to be penalized or anything like that this is only there for the greenhouse gas emissions reduction part because they want to have a negative uh, negative emissions over the years to be able to meet the goal of having zero emissions by 2050 so this is different with respect to the transportation performance monitoring where while we monitor if, uh, in the two years if the target is not met, we have the flexibility to change our targets and then make sure we meet by the f full performance period, which is the four years. Okay. Did I complicate it? I gotcha. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just trying to make sure that I, that, I, that I understand all the different requirements. So the traditional or the already established mm. performance measures, you set a four-year target you set a two and a four year target. If by your two year target, you're not quite meeting it, you have the flexibility to adjust your target to ensure that by four years, you are meeting that target. Yes. Gotcha. All right. 
thank you guys, both of you for um, summing that up, because as as our listeners can tell, this is a although it's a very interesting topic, it's a very complex topic. Um, But it sounds like, you know, with the correct data and tools, you can accomplish this requirement. So I want to thank Cy for the very thorough overview of the program. Um, and, and I'm sure you can imagine if we had more time, you can really get down into the weeds of this. Um, but that's what you use your consultants for. So That's right. <laughs> and and Cy mentioned, you know, running different scenarios and playing around with the tools. So, you know, I think, um, you know, the more you play around with it, you understand how the different inputs are going to, you know, impact those results. Um, so I would just second that I think this is a really interesting topic. As I mentioned, it's very timely. This is very practical mm-hmm. information for our audience. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a downloadable cheat sheet along with the mm-hmm. show notes uh, where we'll have links to all of these different data sources and information about these different inputs and the tool. Um, so please check that out. Um, and, you know, if, if you have any questions, you can always reach us through our website. Yeah, thank you. Um, So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you are a nationally certified planner through the American Institute of Certified Planners, AICP, this episode is eligible for AICP continuing maintenance credits. You can find all of our podcasts are eligible for AICP CM on the American Planning Association website at www.planning.org. All you have to do is look up the AICP CM provider search and plug in modern mobility partners and you'll see all of our podcast episodes there if you want to learn more about how we can help you you can find us at modernmobilitypartners.com and as kirsten mentioned we will have a downloadable cheat sheet for today's episode on the website and as always don't forget to subscribe and even better review our podcast that is the best way to thank us for all this free and fabulous information is to share the podcast and give us five-star reviews and only five-star reviews. Hmm. (laughs) Five-star reviews. Yes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. And with that, we are over and out. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to Modern Mobility. If you work for an organization that has implemented innovative and practical solutions to modern day transportation challenges and are interested in being on our podcast, email us at podcast at modernmobilitypartners.com. Want to learn more about our consulting services? Check us out at modernmobilitypartners.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.